0: And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gans along with Mike Miller. This is G220 Radio. We are here on episode number 474. We're trying to get some uh some things going here, a little little behind. Um but uh <clears throat> We're here. This is episode number four hundred seventy-four. We are going to continue our series as we've been going through the epistles of John. We we started with Second John, and then last week we did Third John, and now, as you can see, we are going to be jumping into First uh, John, the book of First John. Uh, this this uh, s- s- this title uh, for tonight's program is the message of light, fellowship with the Father and the Son. Episode number four hundred seventy-four. Uh, Natty P is not with us tonight. He's taking the night off, and uh, so it is me, myself, and Mike. Mike, how we doing, man? And
1: <clears throat> it's been stressful. been a stressful week. But John gives us encouragement with Let me fellowship. Turn
0: this down your mic is kind of loud here. Let me. <clears throat> but go ahead. You were saying uh just that john is oh man that is really really loud i don't know what's i haven't changed any settings on my head, so
1: i'm not even showing peaking
0: yeah it's kind of coming through poppy and 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 pretty loud But yeah, you were saying, I mean, technical difficulties as they tend to happen, um, especially when you're going live right before the program. So here here we go, uh, G220 Radio tonight. We're talking about uh, First John. Uh, let's let Mike try to see what he can do over there on his end. Let's see if everything comes out. But this has been, um, this is one of those, those uh, books where you're, you're, You have some very interesting uh, scriptures here where it gives us tests and ways to look for our assurance in Christ uh, and finding out our assurance in uh, our walk with the Lord. And so hopefully this will be an encouraging book. I'm not exactly sure how far we will get tonight. Uh, Our goal or our desire is to get through uh, a chapter, but we know that... um, the 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 second two or second john and third john uh, did not take us as long to get to those um or get through those but uh this one may take us a little longer so we may we may uh stop at some point during the program uh as far as we get and then pick that back up again uh next week so uh as mike has gone out and should be coming back in but uh so I'm going to go ahead, and uh, as we're waiting for them to come back in, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read this for you. So we got First John. <clears throat> that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you eternal life If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word and his word is not in us. And so I was reading that out of the ESV, the ESV Bible. And uh, let me just check here on Mike, find out what's going on. Mike says he will be back with us shortly. Technical difficulties, technical difficulties abound uh, often. Let me turn down my mic too. I don't want it spiking. So while we are kind of waiting for Mike to jump back in, uh, why don't you let us know, those of you who are watching, uh, maybe via, well, who are watching YouTube, let us know, give us a comment in the uh, comment section there on YouTube to let us know who you are that's watching the program tonight and where you're from. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and find out who is joining us. So as we look at this chapter, this first epistle of John, now uh, we've already talked and discussed in the the last the previous two episodes that we we believe this to be the apostle. the apostle John is writing these epistles. Um, uh, they're, they're letters to, um, what we saw in second John, they're letters to the elect lady, which we said the, the collectively we believed to be, um, the, the church, let me get Mike back in here to be the church. And so then we saw in in third John uh, writing to the uh, an elder there more uh, a specific well not an elder an individual a specific individual uh, there in that church, and uh, so w- we see that in those books, and we we hear in first John we don't have that we don't have an introduction like that we don't have it being written to a individual we don't have it uh, being written to uh, as it as. So to speak, addressed to the elect lady, as we see in Second uh, John, it just comes right out and says that which you have. Uh, well, let me skip, grab my ESV. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. That is just straight getting to the point. Now, Mike, uh, you're back with us. Is um, how we doing? He's still trying to figure out his his technical difficulties. So as I'm saying, John is just jumping right into this. Uh, He he is going right at it. And we lost Mike again. (laughs) Technical difficulties abound tonight for sure. So let's kind of get into this as we're waiting for hopefully Mike will be able to jump back in. Or maybe I'll just be flying solo tonight here. Uh, on g220 radio so as we see what what is this word that was from the beginning um this is referring to you know sometimes people will say well maybe this is the gospel well, what, what is he referring to but what i believe john is doing here is he is taking us back uh, to the very beginning um and he is referring to christ who is the word of god that became flesh we see this in the book of john if we was to go back here to the Gospel of John, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep an eye on the screen as well as flip through things, and my mind is is wanting to jump into this, but I'm also trying to make sure that if they jump on, if Mike jumps on or uh, anybody else jumps on, because I actually opened it up if anybody wanted to come in, um, that I'll see that and I'll be able to let them in. So I'm trying to to do all that. But if you go back to the Gospel of John, it starts in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And so John in in his gospel, in this epistle is taking this back, taking it back. The word became flesh in verse 14 of that gospel of John and dwelt among us, tabernacled uh, among us. And that is... Christ. It is referring to Christ, who is the Word made flesh, dwelling among us, that which was from the beginning, and even more so, going all the way back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And so, John is taking us back as he's talking about this Word that had become flesh. He's referring us to Christ, who goes all the way back to before the beginning christ is eternal jesus christ is eternal he is god in the flesh emmanuel is what we call him god with us in the flesh and so he's taking it back to show us that he has of origin from of old uh we also see that when we look at uh let me think here uh is malachi uh when we go to to malachi uh five uh I believe it's Malachi five, where it talks about he is this origin of old, from of old, and so not that there is a a there was a beginning with Christ. He eternally eternally existed as the Son of God. Uh, so you have the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, one God in three distinct persons, and so you have the Father, Son, and Spirit equally God, not a part of God, and not a a, a third. You know, one third, one third, one third. Fully God, all is fully God, and yet fully man, fully God and fully man. Mike, you with us? I think so. Can you hear me now? I do, I do. Sorry, my um
1: my audio interface decided to not work when I plugged it in. That was the issue. Mm. So, got a spare sure microphone. I had to run upstairs to get it a little winded had to go to the doctor today. So hobbled up the stairs, but
0: yeah, I'm here. I'm good. Well, I don't know if you, if you heard anything that was being said already or if, yeah. So basically uh, a recap is getting into this. John is taking us in the beginning. He he's jumping right in it. What that, which we have heard and, I took them back to the Gospel of John, where John does the same thing. He starts in the beginning, which even then goes back further. And when you go all the way back to Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Word eternally existed. This is about Christ here. When he is speaking about that which we have heard from the beginning, the Word of God, this is Christ. It goes all the way back to Genesis, showing that Christ has an origin of old. He is eternal. Christ is eternal. So that's kind of a recap to you, Mike, for uh, the listeners who may be listening as well. Uh, Anything you want to jump in there and and speak on?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to, to recognize right away in the first part of John that he is connecting it back all the way back to Genesis 1 and then also connect, I and rightly as you mentioned, can't connect it to his own gospel. So that which was from the beginning references Genesis one one, and that which we have heard, which we've seen with our own eyes, and that which we've looked upon and touched with our own hands, refers back to then the ministry of Jesus and what God was going to do during that time with it, which is important to think about, when we consider the the themes in which John is writing about, I heard you mention something about false teachers, and while I think it addresses this, kind of refresh and looking at it for this podcast, um, and kind of where I got the title from the show is, is kind of the theme we've already talked about, and it's fellowship. And he's going to expand on all what that means, like a diamond twisting it and looking and and viewing it. Yes, it applies to false teachers because they go against this. And I mean, I remember Paul Washer talking about this is like the test, false teachers. And I'm not denying that. But I do think if we, we read and understand and kind of as I've been thinking through this, he starts off right away about fellowship and whom we have fellowship and where is our fellowship grounded in? And again, this is a, an important concept because that it's from the beginning that this fellowship starts, the fellowship within the triune God and now how that fellowship spills over onto us through the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we'll kind of see here in the first four verses.
0: And I want to make a correction to what I said. I I, I said Malachi 5, um, it's Micah. Micah 5, 1 is where I was referring to, where he has these origins of old. Um, <clears throat> and now I know as Mike's speaking about false teachers, there are many who will go around and say that Jesus Christ is a created being, uh, that he didn't become uh, Christ, he didn't become anointed or have the spirit of God until, you know, his baptism. I mean, there's all kinds of false teachings surrounding, uh, these false Christs that are promoted and perpetrated by the many false teachers today. I mean, you think of Mike's done a whole series on Jehovah witnesses this Aryan kind of view of, of Christ. Uh, we've had shows on Mormonism, their view of Christ being this created being an angel as well. And so there there are many views out there The the Hebrew Israelites or so-called Hebrew Israelites, uh, they have many false views of Christ uh, and, and they don't even get all their views right. You have different sects of the Hebrew Israelites that'll say one thing about Christ and others that'll say something different, completely different about Christ. But John is setting the record straight here for any of these naysayers, for any of these doubters that Christ's origins are from old, the ancient of days. Christ is God in the flesh. He goes all the way back. He's eternal. There's no beginning to Christ. Now, we may see him come and take on flesh and a humanity, but there's no beginning to the divinity of God. He has always been triune for all of eternity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so... John is, is laying that out here, and as Mike said, we're going to get into these this first section here of this, and, and I have read them. I'll go ahead and read them again. Uh, we were kind of dealing with, with uh, verse one there before Mike jumped back in, uh, but we'll read it again here, verses one through four. That which was from the beginning, uh, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our, our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and was made manifest to us that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete and uh, as i was saying as as i'm all right as I'm reading that in my mind, I'm thinking of the Gospel of John. So much that's just very, very similar, right? You know, as he's down here, the life was made manifest. Well, what, what I've already mentioned, the Word became flesh, right, and dwelt among us. And then, and we talk about the life. So he's the life that which we have seen and heard. Uh, we we proclaim to you also so that you may have fellowship, as Mike was talking about fellowship. And indeed, our fellowship is with Christ or with the Father and with the Son. And and it's just, there's so much here, uh, even going back to the, the very first verse concerning the word of life. Like there's life and it's only in Christ. There's no life outside of Christ, right? Apart from Christ, all you have, only thing you have to look forward to is eternal condemnation. You die, and there's an eternal condemnation. That's it. There's nothing else apart from Christ. There's no life apart from Christ.
1: Yeah, and I think these first few verses are very crucial Crucial when we think of what John is going to later talk about and those who deny that Jesus comes in the flesh. And that's kind of what John deals with in his gospels. We saw that a little bit already in 2 John but he's going to expand on it uh, more in relationship of who has the father and who does it again, this relationship and um, fellowship mindset, but this becomes crucial. So there's debate on whether he is dealing with an early version of Gnostic heresy. The Gnostics is kind of the early earliest Christian heresy. It's kind of a hodgepodge. Um, Gnostic is Greek for knowledge and the Gnostics believe there was some secret knowledge. They are very Platonic. And that God is good, perfect, and spiritual and all there. But the world is completely filled with evil. And so you have emissaries in between the two. Jesus is just one of these. So he actually doesn't come in the flesh because flesh is evil. He has to be strictly spiritual. Again, we see this rise up in after Nicaea and the Donatist controversy. Again, the Donatists denied that Jesus came into the flesh. And there's a lot to be said about this. And We spoke a lot about it in 2 John and just what this means for the gospel. There is no gospel if Jesus isn't. Of the flesh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there isn't just as there's no gospel if Jesus is not God, and so I think it's very telling that John starts off right away with his own personal account of Jesus. I mean, which are which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the Word of Life. This John isn't just thinking Jesus in metaphysical categories. He is referring to the person of Jesus and that this life manifested. we so have seen it. They testify to it. He's the apostle. He's going out telling other peoples, testifying what he has seen for three years in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and up in um, the northern country, I can't think of it the top of my head, the Galilee, and and in it he sees, they testify to it that this is eternal life, and I think we need to 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 think seriously about who Christ is, because when we start denying or Adding different things to Christ like assimilating assimilating his deity with his humanity or completely separating where there, there's no connection in it, as if he's a, a a body with two different persons in him, as some have tried to develop it. And this is important that we get this right. And John is setting us up, setting us up that he has been with the son. He has seen him. He has testified about him. And as he said, this is the word of life, the son that came in the flesh. I mean, we can even quote Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2, and how the son is, is the final prophet who speaks on behalf of God.
0: Yeah. And, and I, th- I think, Mike, as you was alluding to there and, and speaking on, um, John, being this eyewitness testimony that he has physically seen Christ, he was there. He was an eyewitness, and so even speaking to the the deity of Christ, that he is from the beginning eternally, he is God. He didn't like and and, and try and getting this right, as you said, made manifest. You know, he, he, this isn't some. Uh, idea or understanding of, of who Christ is that the, the false teachers uh, perpetrate and bring bring forth. But also those atheists and those individuals who will say, well, how do you know these things are true? I mean, here's an eyewitness account being laid forth. And he's not the only one in scripture. You know, Paul says that you can go and check what I'm saying to you because there's still witnesses alive. There's still people that are alive at this time that could tell you and testify that what I'm saying is true, right? So this also is giving us um, an actual uh, accounts here, testimony accounts of what is taking place, you know, and, and with the scriptures, I mean, there is so much, so many, um, scriptures that have been found so many manuscripts is the word I was trying to think of so many manuscripts that have been found of the scriptures. And, and I, I believe we've done shows on Bible. I don't know if we've done any shows on, on, um, can't think if we've done any shows on the manuscripts and how. Actual criti- criticism. Yeah, sexual, I don't know if we've done It was a,
1: that. it was a show that George and I were prepping back in the, uh, um, old days. Yeah. Right? We just never got around to it
0: before. Well, that would be something. Maybe we get somebody on and kind of talk about that as well, because I think that that helps us understand. But there's so many manuscripts that have been found, more writings of the the scriptures than any other writing in in ancient, you know, writing. There, there's there's more. There's more evidence of it. And what do we do when when somebody goes to court when when something is brought forth and they're going to trial? you have eyewitnesses. That strengthens your credibility to your story, right? But then when it comes to scriptures, atheists want to just say, oh, there's no proof. There's no evidence. We have evidence. John is saying he's an eyewitness, one of many eyewitnesses, and he's writing these accounts down. So not only is he testifying to the fact that um, he's an eyewitness he's seen these things he's also as we've already mentioned testifying to the fact that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh manifested here with us he is the life uh, and he is testifying that he is of ancient he is of eternity he's eternal um and it, it's just there's so much and we're only in the first four verses here
1: yeah and it's important not only does John stress his his human nature, he doesn't neglect his divine nature. He's affirming both. I mean, it's the truth. They testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father. The um, quick look at the tree, Greek. My guess is it's very similar to what John says in John 1.1. 1, 1. And I think that's important that, you know, we've already alluded to it, but John is using kind of the same language to talk about the word with God and the word is with the Father. And so we see John has a high Christology. There, there's, there's no doubt about that. People try to say Christ, the high Christology comes later in church history. John, John refutes that. You know, he's with the father. father, And that father, as we see in verse 3, has fellowship with the son. And the message that John proclaims, and what he has seen is what he's heard, brings us into that fellowship. I mean, that which we have seen and heard proclaim us to you, so, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship with the father and with the son so those who who have rightly seen the father and the son have fellowship now i think john here is referring to that he's physically seen but he's also testifying it people are believing and so those who would be included also in that and so john in this letter starts starts off with this we want you to have fellowship with the Father. And just, I mean, I was looking at a purpose statement, rewriting it for the show. I'm trying to condense it up because I like actual statements. I mean, think about what we do in evangelism. What's the point of evangelism? It's to bring people into fellowship with God. Through the gospel message, through the Beth, the message of peace, of the word of life, however you want to add the adjectives in which the Bible describes the gospel. That's the goal. And here John has the same. He wants his readers who are in a church, as they're reading this, to have fellowship with God, the one who is eternal, forgiving, loving, and by no means leaves the guilty in their sins. They will receive the punishments they deserve, which makes the gospel even much sweeter when Christ as our propitiation takes God's wrath on our behalf and we receive the righteousness that we do not have from him, that we may be counted just before the greatest judge of all the earth. This is what John wants us to be a part
0: of. Yeah, amen. And that's why when it says here in verse four that, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full, the benefit of being in fellowship. I was at Bible study last Thursday and spoke about the importance of being gathered together in the local church. Not just just people that just participate by coming to church, but being a participant in actually being a member of a local church, gathering together on the Lord's day with the body in real fellowship. Real fellowship is over what? It's over the truth in God's word. It's over uh, um, growing together. It's over the the word being preached, the sacraments being, being partaken in, those means of grace, right? And so, <clears throat> coming together in fellowship and, and the joy that's there. I mean, I can say from my own experiences and I know experiences don't dictate truth, but I know this is what John's saying, that your joy may be full. When I get to come together with brothers and sisters in Christ, there is, and we've talked about this on previous shows, when me and Nathaniel, we're both in Ohio, Mike's in, in Kentucky and me and Nathaniel are about an hour and something away from each other. But when we get together to evangelize together and spend time and just hang out, there's real fellowship there. There's real joy there. And and I love Nathaniel, but even greater when I get to my church with people that I'm connected with and see week in and week out and I'm doing life with, that, the joy that you get from the fellowship that you have with one another in that local body, right? There, There's just... John's saying that your joy may be full. I mean, there's such joy in that fellowship. I mean, I'm like, I don't like to leave when it's over. I love staying there and talking till we're the last ones shutting down the lights, you know, because I just enjoy that fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ.
1: Yeah. And that's important. A lot of people who have come to my church and have joined, that's one thing they notice. There's not this mass exodus of people leaving the church. And it's very common for people to be there, like half the church still there 30 minutes after the church service and rolling out. And I think that's, you know, again, the importance that church fellowship is a taste of what heaven will be like. So we gather together, we worship God, we Let's just use the colloquial version in church. We do life together. And these are all importance. When we think about what we're called, God gave us the church as a refuge from this world to experience heaven. And, We should rejoice in that. And, you know, and at the same time, he uses it to sanctify us because we have to worship with people we may not would even want to hang out with otherwise. But God calls us to love them. And then we get to enjoy the sweet fellowship that we brings and have friendship with the two very unlikely people by world def by the worldly definition we can come together we can worship we can partake of the communion supper together and rejoice in god's grace in our life it's a beautiful thing
0: yeah sweet fellowship sweet fellowship when you gather together uh, with brothers and sisters over the the truth of God's word uh it, with the unit being in, in unity uh with Christ, you know uh, and that's not to say we're not I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea that if if somebody has to leave right after church that we're saying, you know you're you're less uh joyful for your gathering together. Sometimes there are circumstances and situations that uh, those things may be where you, you have to get, get moving. But um, what joy it is when you're able to to really fellowship with brothers and sisters. You know, as we go into the, to the rest of this chapter, uh, chapter one, from actually even carrying in all the way to chapter three, you're going to see, and this is why people will say that, First John is this book of tests. It's it's, it's if, you're, if you if you want to test your assurance, you know, uh, you can be assured. It gives you this assurance that you can know that you have this life. You you can know that you're in Christ, but it also gives you this series of tests, as people would say, that you can look at to see, am I living this way? And so, what you see from from the rest of this this chapter all the way into chapter three is this contrast between what a true believer looks like and the world. You see this going from verse 5 here all the way into to chapter 3. And so let's read. Uh, and We're only going to do chapter 1 here should we get through this all here tonight. Um, but chapter 1, verse 5 through 10, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, we start getting into kind of the meat, as you mentioned, of what John is trying to do. And it really calls us to think do we have fellowship with God? I mean we can talk about marks of false teachers, but I mean just, just just think about us for a second here with the scriptures. Do we have fellowship with God? John doesn't say anything different than Jesus. He says it differently. He uses his motif of light and darkness, which we see throughout his gospel. But the question is, are we the good seed that the sower seeds, or are we the seed that falls on rocks or reeds? Are we false believers, or are we not? Are we the one who which Jesus will say after we declare all the good things we did in his name, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. This is what I mean, this is John's version of these stories we read about and parables and paracopes, if you want to, um, with this. But in the end, God is light. And if we fellowship it with him, we will walk in the light. And we get to walk in the light because we realize we've sinned and we need forgiveness. And so those who walk in darkness... Who don't think they need forgiveness of sins. They continue to walk in rebellion towards God. And they're a liar. And they make God a liar by saying, Well, the Bible is not true that we need forgiveness. Now, God is not a liar. This John's not mentioning that. You know, he's not saying God, if he's not making the truth that God is a liar. Basically, what he's saying is that. When we don't walk in the truth, we don't believe what the Bible says about sin. And because of that, we show God to be a liar. And the Bible is clear. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Old Testament clear is clear that we, by nature, are fallen human beings. So the question is, do you in someone walk in the way of sinners or do you meditate on the law both day and night and walk in the way of righteousness?
0: Yeah, Mike, I think you, you really explained that well, because that's what I was kind of going to go into this idea of what does it mean to walk into the light or walk in the light? Um, Because God's word, it, it it reveals to us who we are before god it reveals to us what his word requires of us and it exposes those sins in our lives the things that we are that we do in disobedience to god it exposes that and then it directs us to which way we should walk to how we should live out our lives. And if we are obeying those, when, when, when it's being revealed and exposed in our life and, and we're receiving that direction from God, as James tells us, we're not just hearers of that word. We don't just read it and go about our business as if it had no effect in our life. If it has no effect in our life, as you were saying, Mike, then, then you're walking in darkness. You're not walking in the light. Because the light, it's, it's like, and tell me if you think it's a bad example. Um,
1: it's a bad example.
0: Okay. Like in the darkness, like we were, we were doing some work in, 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 the, in the office today and we had shut the power off. And so it was hard to see, even though it was daytime outside, it was still hard to see within the, in, the, in the office. And we had to get the flashlight and shine it on where we're working so we can see what's, what we're doing there. And so that light is being shined down upon that darkness in the world. And it's giving, it's revealing it, it's exposing it, it's directing you. Walk this way. And and obviously, if you're not in Christ, you're not going to be able to do that. You're just not. You may try and attempt to do things in your own strength and your own power that are just going to be frivolous and burnt up. And it's just going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to hear those words, depart from me. I never knew you because those works and the, 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 the intentions of your heart aren't uh, pleasing to the Lord because it's not done in faith, and everything done apart from faith is sin. But if you're in Christ, if you're genuinely in Christ, when that light is shining upon things in your life, even when it's uncomfortable because it's sin in your life that God is shining and revealing that light upon, you're not just going to be a hearer. The Spirit is going to move you to conviction and you're going to repent as we see you know if you if you confess it he's faithful and just to cleanse you of all that unrighteousness and move you in in the right direction with 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 your walk with the lord yeah and you think about even paul
1: talks about the gospel in this way so second corinthians 4 so he's talking about here kind of in the beginning of that they commend themselves to everyone conscious in the sight of God by not practicing cunning or tampering with God's word. And then he goes in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is the image of God for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And with ourselves, as your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God said, let, let, shine, let light shine out of darkness, have shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. He'll go later on, it might be just before this, about how Moses, he uses Moses as the example just before this thing in chapter 3, about the veil covering his face so the people can't see it. And that's because they're in the old covenant had to be veiled for them. But now the veil has been given to us. We are allowed to see the glory of God. And so when we, you know, when we think about it is how much, I mean, the commands we give is so much about how we act In this world as Christians, Proverbs is given to us to consider wisdom and how to act in this world. Ecclesiastes gives us wisdom of what it looks like when we chase after the foolish things of the world instead of God. We have examples of those who obeyed and how God dealt with them and those who did not obey and how God deals with them. Which makes it all the more to have the haughtiness to say, I don't sin. Is, you know, some Christian perfectionist or even to him claim like sitting was, that was the old, but this is new. I think if at any time we claim that we still do not sin, Then. Why do we need to be reminded to not let our evil fester until the morning? Why do we need to be reminded to cast off all of our sin so that we can continue to pursue the goal of holiness? Yeah. I think John is is clear. I think John is saying that we still sin in this body, which makes... You know, chapter the beginning of chapter two even much more glorious when we we come and say, "Okay, do I have fellowship? Am I holding on to the truth? Am I practicing the truth? The truth isn't just head knowledge, as you, as you mentioned. It's a way of life. Do I live according to the truth? Because this is why we can say false teachers." don't have fellowship with God because they're not living within the truth. Their life isn't marked by the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is, the truth of who Christ is. Even in the Jehovah witness series, they deny Jesus as God. Well, if he's a mere man, then he's sinful. But he had faith. And in their view, faith is obedience. It's the same. It's Pelagianism kind of ramped up. They don't deny the the sinfulness of man. So now we're sinner claiming we're not sinful. We're not sinners. We're not born in sin. Yeah. It's shaky ground to be part
0: of. Yeah, and, and we've done a show on sinless perfectionism. Uh, I don't remember the the episode number, but uh, if you, you look that up, type in those words, you should probably be able to find it on uh, G220 Radio. But we've done a show on it, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because you can go back and look at, we, we, we dealt with these scriptures, but I do still want to talk about this here on the program as we're, we're kind of working through 1 John. Uh, If we say we have no sin and we deceive ourselves or we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, this is present tense talking. John's writing this in a present tense form. Uh, If we confess our sins. So he's writing to believers and he's telling these believers, if we confess our sins, this is present tense, so that if you do these things, he's faithful and just to forgive us right? If you confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all that unrighteousness. So as you said, Mike, because we've dealt with it. That's why we did a whole show on it because there are people who actually believe that once you become a Christian, you sin no more. You do not sin at all. I just recently had an interaction with a Hebrew Israelite. Now Hebrew Israelites do not believe we're in the new covenant because they look at things from Jeremiah and they say, are, are men still teaching other men? Because the Bible says you won't need to be taught. And then they'll say, and is there still sin? Because there won't be any sin in the new covenant. And I'm like, well, we may have, like me and Mike, we have a different eschatology as far as the millennium goes. But I think we would both agree we're in the new covenant and that we haven't come to the consummation of that we don't see the consummation of that until Christ comes, the fulfilling of all of that. But when Christ comes, there will be no more sin in the world. All those Christians, all the believers will be with Christ. They'll be uh, in their glorified state. There will be no more tears and, 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 and weeping and crying. There will be, there will be no more pain. Uh, you'll be with Christ for all of eternity. There will be no sin. There will be no more struggle, as Paul says in Romans 7, The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. There's no more struggle with the flesh, you know, uh, because that'll be gone. But on this side of eternity, as you are already alluding to, Mike, and speaking on, is we do, even though we are in the new covenant, that Christ has brought the new covenant, he's the mediator of that covenant, we still have this flesh that remains, that we're waging war against. And and so there will be sin because the guy asked me, "Are is there sin?" And I said, "Yes, we do sin as Christians, as believers." It doesn't mean that we're not in that Christ has not brought this new covenant. And so, um, I just want to kind of uh, speak on that a little bit because, like I said, we have done a show on it, and so I would encourage you to go back and get more because we we spent the whole time discussing sinless perfectionism. Yeah,
1: I think it's important. When we think about it, so he he starts off. If we have fellowship with God, we walk and we walk in darkness. We lie. We don't practice truth. Contrast goes with those who walk in light, as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. So we're cleansed from all sins because Christ's death. His propitiation, as we'll see next week in verse 2, um, relates with that. And that when we confess our sins, just as the Israelites, trusting in the promises given to them in the tabernacle, later in the temple, were to bring sacrifices to lay their hands on, to transfer their guilt to the goat, or the doves, or whatever they could afford in in accordance with the law, to find forgiveness, and again, to cleanse from all unrighteousness. The only way to be cleansed is to trust in God and to confess our sins because he is in the light and there is no darkness in him. There is no sin in him. All is exposed before. We will stand exposed before God all of our works on display, all of our idle thoughts, all of our idle words. But John here testifies the message that God is light and that he has given us the word of life so that we can be cleansed from our sins. And that should be great comfort should drive us to deeper prayers to, to take the light of scripture, to see our sins, to repent of them and to press forward and to go. Because when we walk in the darkness, when we act like we don't have it been saved, we demean the God, our creator by Lying to others that this is how Christians should live, and thus making God a liar. And those are scary grounds to be on. And just to also note and, and move, Ricky, you've heard this: God is love, right? Yeah, comes from first John. And at least arguments I heard is because here it is: it says God is love. Obviously, love must be His number one priority like his number one attribute. No, we deny that. But that love is the number one attribute here on G220 Radio because of verses like this, verse 5. God is light. God is faithful. God is just to forgive. God is faithful and just. Same way, Isaiah 6.3, God is holy, holy, holy. We see here, to make note, John's not picking and choosing attributes and elevating them. But John is leaning in here, who God is. God is love. But God is light. God is holy. God is just. God is faithful. Those are all terms that we can come to God. We talked about praying last couple months ago, Did a show on Praying the Bible. These are terms that we can go to God with in full trust in in their way.
0: And we've done a show also on the simplicity of God. And Mm -hmm. so we would encourage you to go back and look that up as well, because this is very important to get this right. Because if you elevate, as Mike said, this God is love above everything else, and you bring everything else down, God is love, so it's okay for people to love. Love is love, so you can love whoever you want to love. You can abort your child. You can murder your baby because God is love. He's a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. Well, yeah, those things are true. God is love. God is merciful. God is gracious. God is forgiving. But as, as you said, Mike, you can't separate that from the fact that he's holy and it's if my if my memory serves me right the only only attribute of god that is mentioned in in numerous times together is his holiness he's holy 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 that's said over and over and over again by the, the angels that are surrounding his throne right yeah and and so if 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 god is holy then even though God is love, you can't, you can't just come into his presence in a homosexual lifestyle or in a, uh, as someone who murdered their own child, apart from the forgiveness of God from repentance and faith in Christ, you can't just come before him and say, well, God, you're God of love. No, my holiness demands justice. My holiness demands righteousness. My holiness is going to shine the light upon your sin because I am the light of the world, right? And so you can't just come to God like that. Um, And and that's why I think it's important for people to really understand the simplicity of God that we've talked about before, because that's what happens. As you said, Mike, people will elevate, they'll come and God is love, and they elevate that above everything else. But if you rightly understand, as, as you said, and I think really pointing that out, this is what God's doing. He's laying it out here. These are attributes of God, but all that is in God is God. And so we can't separate these attributes as if, you know, he's motivated by this, something we do, you know, because he is also without passions. And so it's very important to kind of understand those doctrines. That's why we said it's good to come in fellowship, that your joy may be full when you come together and you're Fellowshipping over the word, a preacher that God has given, a pastor who's who's been put into place, called by God to shepherd your soul to, for the edification of the building up of the body. How are you built up? Through reading God's word, having someone preach and teach to you what God's word is speaking to us and saying to us, expounding upon it so that we can grow and understand God more so that that fellowship is even more sweet, than. Because it's in truth. It's grounded in the truth of who God is. It's grounded in the truth of who God is.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this. um, Kind of within the church context. Um, A lot of it in preparation for an unannounced project. That I've been trying to work on and yet have no time to work on. And just the thinking, the importance of the local church and just all of life. And this has become more clear to me the longer I've been at my church and the more I hear my pastor that we're not here to be lone rangers. God has given to us. And the church benefits us in more ways than we can count and to, to be part of it. And, you know, and just that, in a sense, it's a lighthouse on a mountaintop to a dark world with the light of the gospel. And, and to, to really consider what that means, and not only our fellowship, but our actions, our evangelism and our theology, all of it is developed really in community and its full capacity. Knowledge pops up. Well, how do you stop knowledge from popping off? You can be in a community of believers who can say, Hey, we may talk a big talk, but you need to start walking the walk. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, you see it, but if we walk in the light as he's in light, we have fellowship with one another. Yeah. John John's not. Again, it's not just me and God in fellowship. It's me and God with this group of people who also believe and are also in fellowship with God. God has given us people to do this. We don't believe like the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons that the church was lost from the early days. No, God, church history, in his essence— is us watching God fulfill his promises that Jesus will be with us until the end of the days. That he will never forsake us. And the truth marches on and that the gospel still saves. And we see this here in John as he writes it inspired. And this doesn't even touch, we didn't even talk about this. And as we're thinking about this, the fact that we don't need a son in heaven because God is light. I mean, we don't have time. It's, we're, you know, unless we just want to make up times for my technical difficulties. But just to, to think about that, that God created the sun and it is good. But then the new heavens and new earth, there's no need for sun or for moons, for stars, because God is light. There's no darkness. I mean, can we even fathom the greatness of God as light and his glory shining upon us day and night?
0: Mm.
1: And, I mean, Moses got a foretaste of it, and we should all be, be jealous. But, I mean, there's just richness there that, again, impacts us and our fellowship not only our fellow believers, but with the triune God.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To think about that, uh, really, I mean, as you even said, you know, Moses got a glimpse, got a glimpse of it. I mean, and his face shined, he had to wear a, a veil. Yeah. Because of the frightening, the people that he was speaking to, because he was able to be in the presence of God. Um, and for all of eternity, a veil that covers. <clears throat> What's that? You kind of broke. I was going to say,
1: a veil that covers all of Jews today. Yeah, as Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter three.
0: Yeah, yeah. But as you were saying there, you know, like um, if we walk in the light, He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. I mean, how many times t- to the listeners? I'm, I'm speaking to you and and Mike. We've probably experienced this where you're in in relationship or you're in church with individuals who, it it turns out, weren't really walking in in the light. They weren't really believers. And then there's conflict over the fact that the truth divides, the truth separates. Now, obviously, you're going to have goats growing up among the sheep in the world, right? You're going to have both wheats and tear growing up beside each other. And the scriptures tell us not to try to not to try to try pull up the tear because you might harm the wheat. God's going to do that in his timing. Um, that doesn't mean, I want to just say, that doesn't mean we don't confront things if, if we see something and, and in grace and love, you want to confront things. Uh, but um, you're going to have them growing up alongside each other. But you're going to have natural times where God is going to remove them because things are going to come up. I mean, my pastor was just speaking this week about how there was, he was speaking on um, uh, divorce and remarriage, and he was speaking on uh, passages from the scriptures. And he was also speaking, on he he said, basically, as he was speaking on these things, he said he had a woman come in the church that had a, a view opposite of what the scriptures speak on this view and was very KJV only. Like if you don't use the KJV Bible, you're, and it just naturally, she couldn't stay in the church. He wasn't trying to be offensive to her, but he was just preaching what the word of God says. This is what the word says. This is what it is. And, um, she couldn't no longer stay in the church. She left. Didn't want to be a part of it. You know. So doctrine is going to divide. Truth is going to divide. Uh, you're going to see that happen when you're walking in the light. Now, I'm not saying that there are times where we may all have we may have dis- disagreements and still yet be brothers in Christ. We see that with our Presbyterian brothers. Uh, you know. Um, there's others that aren't Baptist that we would say, Hey, we're in fellowship with them as far as the unity we have in Christ, but we do have some differences, but I'm talking about things that are, are major things that are contrary to the word of God. Um, you start speaking against uh, homosexuality. You're going to find out that those people that aren't in the light are going to show that they're in the darkness because they're going to come against it. You know, and I use that because it's an easy example especially in our culture today. I mean, with, with, with the quality acts being passed and so many things going on, um, in the world, the cancel culture that we live in right now, if you speak out against it, you get canceled, you know, but the word of God speaks out against it.
1: True to a win in the end.
0: God's truth. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Actually, my pastor just preached on, <clears throat> I didn't get to hear the message because of my son. I need to go back and listen to the most likely terrible edit job that our church ed- sound editor does. And we're <clears throat> talking to that, that he didn't come to peace, but to divide brother from brother and sister from sister and mother from children. And they're in Luke chapter 12, 13, I think it's 12 and 12, mid 12, something like that. And we acknowledge it. And even here we see the, we see the divide. Yeah. Those who hold to truth and walk in obedience to it. They have fellowship with the father. When we don't, we don't have fellowship with the father nor the son. And so it's important to seriously consider and as you to use it as a test. Does my life resemble God's grace in it, holding fast to the truth, or does it not? Yeah. And can we say, like, could a narrator of our life, like Moses said, of Abraham, the Abraham believed, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Right, and and that's that's the gospel message. Yeah, amen. The one that we have heard, the one we have seen, He is the Word of Life. When we confess our sins, He is faithful just to forgive us. Yeah, these are life-giving words.
0: Amen. And just so that we can clarify so that um, nobody thinks Mike was speaking ill of another individual in his church. Mike is the sound engineer. So, yeah, I didn't want anybody to get the wrong idea. talked about the importance of the local church and gathering together. And Mike's like, yeah, that sound engineer that put a terrible job together. So that's yeah,
1: he's horrible. I don't know where they got him.
0: Yeah,
1: they should have pay him. They do. Yeah, that is facetiously talking about me. Yeah.
0: Well, that's been G220 Radio for tonight. We obviously, we did get through First John uh, chapter 1. Um, we'll see what happens next week when we get into chapter 2. Uh, unless something else comes up. I don't know. There's some hot topics going on, like Beth Moore leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. She's leaving the Southern Baptist. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with... Uh, Maybe we'll find a,
1: a another female that actually produces good Bible studies oh. for people too to listen
0: to yeah but no we will be back next week and we will be discussing chapter two uh, of first john as we continue through this series uh on on this in this great great epistle uh that we have from the apostle john and so we hope you enjoyed this program tonight sorry for the technical difficulties in the in the beginning those things happen there's not much we can do about it uh, uh but we worked through it and so uh We hope you enjoyed the program. Hope you was edified, encouraged, strengthened uh, to know that we can walk in the light and there's truth in the light and Christ is the light and the truth and uh, he is the life as well and that's where you'll find it in Jesus Christ and him alone. So uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at g220radio at gmail.com. Again, it's g220radio at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the program uh, we're going to continue through this series we've got a few other series that we need to wrap up and get back on track uh, to finish those out and we've got other programs uh, ahead of us so we want you to subscribe to us on YouTube go and subscribe there so you can stay up to date with whatever we have uh, subscribe to us on podbean or whatever I uh, podcast catcher that you you may use I want to say iTunes but it's it's Apple now Apple
1: Apple Podcasts, at least Podcast. on their phones. But yeah, you so, should all join Pocket Cast.
0: Yeah, whatever it is, you know, follow fun, there, sir. and then uh, go ahead and and follow us uh, and stay up to date with what we got going on. We'd love to hear from you. So again, email us, send us some feedback uh, if you got some show ideas. And you know, what I was thinking about I, I tried to put it out today right before the show. It was kind of short notice. Um, had one guy that was going to jump in, but then when I told him, Yeah, we're starting right now, <laughs> he was like, Uh, I'll have to get back to you guys maybe, maybe another time. Um, but, uh, maybe doing something where we open it up and let people come in. We've done some open chats in the past. Maybe we'll do something where we can open it up, let some, 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 some brothers come in. Uh, hopefully, brothers. And if you're not a brother, you can come in. We'll give you the gospel. Uh, but, uh, come in and just kind of, uh, uh Engage in a little bit of conversation, dialogue, discussion uh, on whatever the topic may be. I was thinking of doing something like that here soon. And so, um, you know, that should be some fun stuff to do. But there's a lot of things we got we can do with here on the program. And uh, we hope these uh, book studies that we've been doing are, are encouraging. So until next week, I know I'm kind of just rambling on, but we need to get moving here. So until next week, God bless and good night.